are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I never have in all my life been as proud to be a fundamentalist as I am today. Never have. Never have. There was a day when, in certain groups, I'd sort of bow my head a little bit and say I'm a fundamentalist. There was a day when a fundamentalist preacher was considered somewhat uncouth, and the center of culture was the university. Today, the university is uncouth, and the center of culture is in the fundamental church. Did you know the most refined place in this city is right here in this room? Where propriety and decency and honor and patriotism and chastity and virtue, integrity and character is preached and, thank God, in many cases, practiced. And I'll be honest with you. I just want to tell everybody I belong to First Baptist Church at Hound. I mean, I'm proud to be associated with God. But you say, it's always been that way. No, no, but the darker the night gets, the more the light and joy shining. The Bible says that, in fact, we read a while ago, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Now, that eliminates your pacifism right there. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. A few years ago, in our public schools, we fought a few battles. We fought their big battles at the time. They're only skirmishes compared to what we fight today. Well, occasionally some child would come home and say, Mom and Dad, my teacher's teaching evolution. But, brother, that'd be relief. That's all they taught today. Our people, one at a time, our people are waking up to what's going on. The enemy no longer is coming in with a few drips occasionally, though the drips are in charge of it. He's coming in like a flood in our public school system. And the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. A few years ago, we all knew of the red light districts in town. We've all known that certain areas of our cities, for example, we've all known that our sistering city next door, Calumet City, was a place where call girls would hang out, and we've all been aware of such evil, wicked, vile places as that. And don't you laugh while I'm talking about something so wicked and vile as that. But today, prostitution has come in like a flood. One of our members came in the night and said, Pastor, do you know that, that on a certain television program, one of these talk shows, uh, that, that they actually interviewed some prostitutes? And uh, someone else came and said they had a program where a couple of girls uh, or women uh, who, po who pose in por pornographic pose for 
uh, dirty movies were actually interviewed and their profession was honored on television. You see, there was a day when the enemy came in, but today he's come in like a flood. I can recall a few years ago when I was in high school, a few years ago, nothing, a few decades ago, a few millenniums ago, um, I can recall that that um, uh, there was a fellow who was caught uh, in, a, in a little restaurant across from our high school selling marijuana. Well, I have an idea. He's under the prison still. I mean, it was the most awful thing in the world. I mean, the very idea. And parents rose up in indignation. By the way, thank God for those Lowell parents out there that stood up against that spooky junk they're trying to teach in the Lowell High School. God give us some parents who care about their kids. Raise up a standard when the enemy comes in like a flood. But I can recall when the parents in Dallas, Texas, uh, rose up in indignation and, and like an army, they stood and said, we're not going to have any such thing, not even near our high school. And this fellow was tried and placed in the penitentiary, but now today, uh, check the average high school. Any student will tell you, you can find marijuana. Walk down, walk down Calumet Street within two blocks of the, of the police station. You'll see a sign, a sign that advertises selling narcotics right inside of the place. Two blocks of the police station. Go over here on Holman Avenue and you'll see another. And go in East Chicago and you'll see another. And all across our city, the devil has dared to come in, not just in the shower, but like a flood. A few years ago, we all knew there were homosexuals. And by the way, there's nothing as rotten in our generation, nothing as rotten in our generation as the trend to call homosexuality and alcoholism and dope addiction a disease. On your radio and, and television now, they, uh, radio station, television station, they come out and say, it's a disease. But we can all recall, and, you know, some fellow, you know, you recall, you know, you could spot him. And, and so, but the, uh, every school had one. He was always the valedictorian. And uh, every school had one. You know it's the truth. And uh, um, but uh, but nowadays they get married. I mean, it marries it, and they live together. I mean, oh, in Chicago they get married. Well, one one uh, I sort of one fellow. One it is the husband, and one it is the wife, and. And one it goes out and makes a job, has a job, makes the living, and one it stays home and cooks and, and keeps the house, and uh, and now it's accepted. And in fact, they they interview those sinners. I didn't say patients. I said sinners. I didn't say sick folks. I said sinners. They interview them on television and make them respected citizens. The enemies come in like a flood. It wasn't even communism was a dirty word in America. And by the way, it's still a dirty word as far as I'm concerned. It was a day when a communist was considered an enemy to America's cause, and nowadays we let their ping-pong team come over, and, and we put red flags up at the airport and, and wave the communist flag and welcome the murderers of Christian people to our shores and treat them like respectable citizens and honored nations. It was a day when if a communist came to a college campus, he'd be kicked off the campus. Now he's invited to be a guest lecturer for a series of discussions on communism. The enemies come in like a flood. It was a day when, just a few years ago, when, 
all of us shocked and, and we're shocked and, and, and we snicker a little bit. We realize that down here in, in Indiana there was a nudist camp and a, a few nuts would get together and strip off their clothes and, and have a nudist colony. And uh, that was uh, in perhaps most of the states in our nation, but we snickered about it a little bit. But today, go to the airport of O'Hara Field. Go to most any airport uh, uh, concession stand or, or bookstore or drugstore in America, you can find the same motley nude cloud stripped off and portrayed in pictures for all the evil minds to scan and all the dirty minds to view. The enemy has come in like a flood. You said something a while ago about being a fanatic. Strange thing about it. The angel of Davis crowds can scream and holler and nobody worries much about it. The communists can get up on our campuses and holler and scream, and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and all the rest of them can scream against our country and against the Bible. Brother, the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, and that's what he's doing, it's going to take more than a Sunday morning worship service to clean his plow. It's going to take more than a few little sermonettes and a few little book reviews and getting out at 12 o'clock and, and uh, a few little worship services and a few little anthems. It's going to take somebody to say, while the enemy comes in like a flood, we shall lift high the standard. Now, what was the standard? The standard was something that was placed on a pole. It was the emblem of a nation. Sometimes it was an animal representing the nation, like a, a lion representing England or an eagle representing America. If, uh, if America, for example, had a standard, like, like Isaiah was mentioning, they'd put an eagle, perhaps, on the top of the pole, and uh, when the enemy would come in like a flood, they'd raise the standard high. That's what the song meant, raise, uh, raise the standard high for the Lord. It means raise up the emblem, let it stand high. And it also meant the enemy is coming in. It's time for the army to gather. It's time to let folks know who we are. It's time for us to stand together. It's time for us to stop the attack. It's time for us to fight against the approaching enemy. Now, there are three things it meant. In the first place, it meant let the enemy know what, who we are. You know, I want all the flag burners to know that I'm a patriotic American citizen. I want all the hippie crowd to know that I'm a capitalist. And I'm for the American way of life. And I'm for our free enterprise system. I want all the liberals to know that I'm a fundamentalist. And I don't mean I'm an evangelical. I mean I'm a fundamentalist. I believe every word in the Bible is true. And I believe exactly what you said a while ago. Everything that Peter and John could have, I could have under God in 1972. I want all the X-rated movie crowd to know I'm for decency. I want the crowd that runs this place down here on Calumet Street to know I hate that kind of stuff with a purple passion. I want the dirty uh, uh, narcotics crowd to know that I hate that kind of stuff. And I want the liquor traffic to know I hate that kind of stuff. And I'll be honest with you, I'm more and more getting just real happy to be called a fundamental Baptist and especially a member of First Baptist Church. Amen. I was over in a certain high school speaking, tried to speak, a year or two ago. While I was speaking, I mentioned God and a few things and prayed, and they heckled me, and I couldn't even be heard. I was supposed to speak twice. Hinsdale Central High School, over here, 3,000 students. I was supposed to speak twice. Half the student body came into the, uh, the auditorium, and I speak to them, and they were going to leave. The other half come in. 
And I began speaking, and a bunch of long-haired monsters got up, a bunch of hippies got up, began to holler and chant, and I couldn't be heard, and they heckled me down. And finally, I just spoke a few words on courtesy, and hospitality, and kindness, and decency, and respect for authority. And so after between, between sessions, the principal, who was not in the first session, defended the students and suggested that, in fact, I suggested I not speak again. And he agreed, and I didn't speak. But I had to walk down the hall in front of the entire student body through all the classrooms right down the hall to get my coat and hat. I left my coat and hat at the principal's office. And I got thinking, i got to walk by all these kids just got through heckling me. And I'm an old-fashioned fundamentalist, hellfire and brimstone, hellfire and damnation preacher who believes in a heaven that has golden streets and a hell that has fire and a salvation that's real and a sin that's dirty and black and, and you must be born again. I'm a, I'm a fundamentalist. And I got thinking, man, what an honor. And I walked down through that hall, and I'd wave at all the students. <laughs> they were looking at me, saying, uh, you know, like you look at some kind of extinct animal that they just discovered in Africa and bring him to America. Everybody look at him, you know, and uh, they'd all look out the door, and there he goes, <laughs> and I'd just wave at him. <laughs> and I'd take my Bible, wave <laughs> Why? I'm glad to be associated with those that believe the Bible in 1972. Raise the standard high. Let the folks at work know what you believe. Let the folks at school know what you believe. The enemies come in like a flood. Raise the standard high. Let the people know who we are. I am uh, preaching in New York City. Preached one day, one night, and, and I got through a bunch of hippies, got me captured over in the corner, would let me go, and I was there at the one thirty in the morning. Next day I went back to preach again. <laughs> the crowd all thought I was nutty, you know, and uh, so forth. And uh, I never was so proud in my life to stand up and preach to a group of people. Why? When the enemy comes in like a flood, that's when you need to raise the standard high. I mean, at work, when they're cursing, that's when you ought to say a good word for God. At school, when they're, you say there's at the, at the needy, listen to me, fellas. You say, by the way, uh, I want to see the girl who's sitting over here with the sailors this morning. The, the girl's not supposed to sit with the sailors. They're supposed to come and, and sit together in the service and, and you girls, I want to see you after the service, if you would please. But um, I am, uh, you sailors, up on the up on the bay. Don't you laugh at me while I scold you. Up on the base, while you stand, while you're the base, if they laugh at you and say you're a nut or a fool, you ought to say, "Blessed be God for the privilege standing up for Jesus Christ." Stand up, stand up for Jesus. He sold to the cross. Lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall lead. And every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. God give us some Christians in 1972 who are happy to call children of God and happy to stand up for Christ and please to say I'll be different for Jesus Christ. We've kowtowed and let the hippie crowd make fun of us, and we've, we've sat back in the back and, and been pacifists. It's time we stood up and said, we'll defend the Bible. We'll defend America. We'll defend honor. We'll defend decency. They said to me one time, said, uh, I heard some folks going to come read a manifesto in your church. I said, no, they're not. Not unless they got 6,760. Well, I said, what are you going to do? I said, is a Greek word called clobber. <laughs> I was walking down the 
Paul West St. Margaret's Hospital, three nuns met me. I always tried to be nice. I said, good morning, girls. How are you? And they said, hello. And one said to the other two, that's him. That's him. I'm glad to be him. I'm glad to be him. What do they mean? They mean that's the fellow who comes up here and witnesses to our patients. That's the fellow who takes his Bible and shows them how to be saved. That's the fellow who believes you've got to get born again. That's the fellow who believes it takes more than being sprinkled as a baby. That's the fellow who believes it takes more than being confirmed when you're 12. That's the fellow who says you've got to get born again or you're going to hell. That's the fellow who believes the old-time gospel of the grace of God. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, if this will... This old world needs anything this morning. She needs a transfusion of the love of Christ and the word of God and the salvation God gives. We want the results of the new birth without born-again people. But you won't get it. Please to announce. I think it was Cindy on her birthday a year or two ago, just when our school had started. Uh, I was thinking her birthday. I was buying her a dress or something. We were out shopping and over here in Woodmar, went in, the lady came out, she said, man, help you please, I said, yes, I want a dress for my daughter. And uh, she said, okay, and she, she brought back a blouse. And I said, uh, I really wanted a dress. <laughs> I said, it's a very pretty blouse, but I had a dress in mine. And she said, uh, oh, you want something a little longer? I said, yes, ma'am, a heap longer. And so she came back and she brought something that only showed about 10 inches of the thigh. And uh, I said, I'm sorry, that, that won't do. And so she brought back something else and it only showed about 4 inches of the thigh. And I said, now just keep going. <laughs> you're getting warm, but you're not there yet. And so finally she, uh, Cindy was putting something on and she looked, this little waitress looked at me, looked at me, and she said, mister, she said, um, does she have to wear dresses that long? And I said, yes. He, she says, you must go to First Baptist. <laughs> well, that's exactly where I go. And I said, yes, and my daughter goes to Hammond Baptist High School. And she looked at me and she said, I'm sorry. And I said, this may come as a great surprise to you, but we love it this way. We love it this way. We, we, we're not, we, we, our girls, uh, you girls have short skirts on now. I say to you, you, you go ahead and wear your short skirt, but put a sign across you saying, I know better, my preachers taught me better. So our visitors won't think that I'm for that kind of Jezebel clothes. I want them to know I'm for decency and honor and propriety and dressing properly and wearing long enough skirts. And uh, somebody said, Brother Hiles, if, if, you, uh, if you preach like that, folks won't come back. Well, we're overflowing. That's the problem. We're trying to... It's either build or, 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 or prune, one or the other, and we, and, uh, but, uh, and so it's, it's cheaper to prune. But I'm simply saying, I, I, what, what's wrong with wearing, wear your long skirt, wear it downtown, and, and uh, as folks look at you in life, keep going! Thank God for doing being different for Jesus Christ. It's time God's people said, the devils come in like a flood, the hippie crowds come in like a flood. The narcotics crowds come in like a flood. The, the nude crowd has come in like a flood. And you mark it down, brother. You mark it down. We were called fanatics by people who are sending their kids to our schools now. 
The day has come when people are beginning to realize that it is the gospel that makes the world better. The gospel is the salt of the earth, and we're going to have to have the new birth to have the results of the new birth. And so when the enemy comes in like a flood, let the enemy know who we are. But then I'll say the second thing, let the enemy know our position. I said a while ago, we're finding out you can't have decency without the Bible. You can't have morals without the Bible. You can't have loyalty without the Bible. You can't have honesty without the Bible. We want born-again results without born-again people. But you're going to have to have born-again people to get born-again results. Our country needs a lot of things, but the thing she needs more than she needs anything in all, all this wide world is a generation of born-again men of God who stand up and proclaim the message, you must be born again. This morning I turned the television on for a few minutes before I came, and I'm a sports enthusiast. I love sports. <clears throat> By the way, pray for Wilt Chamberlain. But uh, I, uh, I never have pulled for that guy before. I don't know why, but I've always been against Chamberlain, but now he's playing against Karum, Abdul, Jabbar, Luba, Luau, Sender, uh, Muhammad Ali the third. Uh, I'm for the guy. I don't know why. I'm, I'm for Chamberlain all of a sudden, but I'm a sports enthusiast. And uh, they came on with the broadcast, and so this morning we're going to interview Tom Landry, the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, the team that's down in the Holy Land where they... And uh, they won the world championship as all people. And anyway, they. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, Tom Landry came on, and uh, and the fellow asked him. He said, uh, uh, "Mr. Landry, uh, what uh, what does your religion mean to you?" And Mr. Landry said in these words about these words. He said, "It's not my religion. It's Jesus Christ. It means everything to me." When I was, not, I was a coach for the New York Giants in 1958, I was invited to go to a meeting. For the first time in my life, I was confronted with the fact that I needed something I didn't have, and that something was Jesus Christ. And he said, I received Jesus Christ. <laughs> You'll forgive me. I just clapped my hands and jumped up and down the room and said, Blessed be God, there's a born-again man. And uh, from Texas, too. There are two or three down there. And the born-again man, football coach of the Dallas Cowboys saying, uh, I've been born again, and I, Jesus Christ means everything to me. That's what America needs. We think we're going to solve our problems by having a ping-pong team come from Red China. Two reasons I'm against that ping-pong team coming. I don't think we ought to cater to the Red Chinese. And the second reason, I don't think we ought to invite them so we can beat them. But uh, I, um, uh, we don't need that. We need the gospel of Christ. That's what you need. You see, uh, well, our, our ki children... <laughs> Turn the television on sometime and, and, and hear the commercials. If a car is stolen, guess whom they blame? They blame the fellow who forgot and left the key in the car. I mean, that's the guy's at fault. And they scold you for tempting our precious children, 18 and 19 year old precious children, who steal your car. And they scold you. Now, what America needs is to get back to the root of our problem. The root of our problem is we need a generation of old-fashioned hellfire brimstone preachers behind our pulpits. You think you think um, uh, every church in the city of Hammond would preach, uh, preach you must be born again and hate the devil and say, listen, say to this whole world as they, as they come into our schools and they put the dirty literature in our schools and put the sex literature in our schools and profane God's name in our schools, if we had pulled up the standard and say you're not going to do it, they wouldn't do it. 
except we're afraid. We're afraid. We're afraid to fight. Look, the standard was held as the enemy came in like a flood. Let the enemy know who we are and let the enemy know what our position is. But there's a third thing, and that is let the enemy know that we will defend. Let the enemy know that we will defend our, ourselves. I decided several years ago that I was going to fight with every ounce of energy I've got the, the attack of the devil in his attempt to steal our boys and girls. Time and time again, I've said to the devil, you're not going to get these kids over here unless I do everything I can to keep them. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. And that's one reason why I plead with you parents not to send them to these universities that will shake their faith and cause them not to believe the Bible and turn them toward the hippie communist crowd. And that's why I lift up a standard and say, I'm not going to let you have my kids without a fight. I'm not going to let you have my kids till I raise the standard and rally God's people. It's God's people get alerted. You know, up in Wisconsin, near, near Milwaukee, somebody got my little book on, on Satan's bid for your child. A man got it. He read it and read what's going on the devil is doing to steal our kids. You know what he did? He decided to run for the school board. And you know what he did? He got elected to the school board on the platform of the, in my book, Satan's Bid for Your Child. I preached up in Canada last, at the, at the big Jarvis Street Baptist Church in Toronto, Canada last Tuesday night. And they made a mistake. I go to Canada quite a bit. In fact, I, I go every year to the People's Church and other churches in Canada. I spoke on most of the big conventions up there, but they made a mistake, and they had heard I had a famous sermon on Satan's bid for your child. And so they wired me and asked me if I'd preach that sermon, Satan's bid for your child. Have you ever been to Canada? Huh? Have you ever heard me preach on Satan's bid for your child? Can you preach to the two getting together? The last Sunday night, those dear Canadians, God bless them, I love them, and I enjoy going to Canada. Those dear Canadians came, and they came, all the, all the ladies wear hats, because they thank you for wear hats to church. And even the choir, the choir, had, even on Tuesday night, had on rolls, but more than that, they had on these, these what do you call these hats that the graduates wear? Mortarboards, mortarboard caps, they wear them every Sunday, because ladies are supposed to wear hats in church. And the choir wears mortarboard caps, and had them on Tuesday night, mortarboard caps on Tuesday night. And they came and they introduced Dr. Jack Hiles. Oh, if they'd only known. If they'd only known. They had asked me to preach on Satan's bid for your child. And I got that book and opened it and began to preach. And oh boy, that thing rocked and reeled and shook. And I read those dirty words, spelled those dirty words out in the, in the, in the books and so forth. And did you know? You know, when I got through preaching, they came by to me, and, and I'm not a good at an accent. Most of them can't speak English properly. But uh, so I said, oh, chop, I'm going to fight the bottle. And uh, do you know what they're doing? They're upset about it. They're excited about it. The pastor said this one of the one of the peak days in our church's life. You know why? Because they didn't realize the enemy was coming in like a flood. Somebody has got to raise the standard high. And that's what the First Baptist Church of Hammond intends to do. We plan to fight it. We plan to fight it. I'm not going to let our kids go to the devil without a fight. I'm not going to let... Listen, and every time they put up one of these dirty places in Hammond that, uh, where they advertise uh, a narcotics, illegal, every time they do it, I'm going to hold my hand high and I'm going to say, don't you mess with it, and that's the dirty hell hole. Every time they put up one of these little hippie boutiques, I'm going to raise my hand high and say, that's the dirty hell hole. And that lady will show me those four or five books that her child's having to read in the fifth grade. I'll read it tonight and, and I'll raise, my, raise the standard tonight about what's going on in the fifth grade in our schools. 
You say, I just get so tired of you fighting. Then get you some little sissy British preacher that'll preach little sermonettes and, and, uh, and where you can, you can live like the devil and get by with it. But you're not going to do it here. You're just not going to do it here. I mean, the devil's trying to get our kids and I'm going to fight. And I'm going to raise the standard high and you may as well get ready for it and get used to it because the hippie crowd and the communist crowd have set themselves to destroy our freedom, destroy our nation, ruin our morals, wreck our children. Somebody's going to have to raise the standard high. And here at First Baptist Church, we plan to do it. And by the way, the crowd's coming to us as fast as they can come. I mean all across, the, all across this country, all across, all across this city, all across this area. People realizing to save our decency, we're going to have to get back to the gospel. Now, wait a minute. Let me just give you, in closing, one standard, an example of a standard in the Bible. Don't you recall when the Israelites back in the book of Numbers were bitten by the brazen serpents? The Bible says they were bitten by the brazen serpents and they were dying for the thousands. And Moses came to God and said, Dear God, what can we do? And the Lord said, I want you to take a, a piece of brass and I want you to pound that brass into the, into, the, into the shape of a serpent. I want you to put that serpent on top of the pole. I want you to raise that pole high. And that any person bitten by one of the fiery serpents look at that pole. When he looks at that pole, he'll live. That's the standard. That's an example of the standard. The enemy was coming in like a flood. People were dying because of the bite, the, bite, the, the uh, being bitten by the brazen, by the, the fiery serpent. And the brazen serpent was lifted high on the pole. A beautiful picture of Jesus, the greatest standard of all, who said, And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. That's, what, that's why he said that. He was saying, raise the standard high. What is the cross 2,000 years ago? It's a standard. We lift high and point people to that standard. The enemy comes in like a flood. Raise the cross high. The enemy comes in like a flood. Point to Jesus. The enemy comes in like a flood. Raise Jesus high. The enemy comes in like a flood. Preach Jesus. The enemy comes in like a flood. Tell folks about Jesus. Raise the standard high. That's what the cross really is. It's a standard to be raised high, typified by that brazen serpent. Many of you old settlers here have heard me tell this story. Evangelist Louis Wanneberger, I don't know if he's still living or not, but he was a faithful preacher for a number of years across this country. Evangelist Louis Wanneberger, as a young man, had a little boy. And I forget the boy's name. I ought to know it, but I forget it. One day, his little boy um, came to his dad and said, Daddy, I'd like to become a Christian. And the daddy told him, he took maybe Romans 3, and he told him how to be saved. And he said, son, do you understand it? And the boy said that. I can't quite understand it. And the, he took maybe John 3 and showed him how to be saved, and the part of it in John 3:16. And he said that I still can't quite see it. What have I got to do to get saved? And he, he told him. And he tried illustration after illustration. And finally he said, son, do you understand it? And the boy said, not quite, Daddy. I can't understand it. And the daddy turned to John 3:14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And Brother Wunneberger told him, about one day in the camp of Israel, serpents came everywhere, and they bit the people, and the people were dying because of the snake bite. And how that God came to Moses and said, Moses, uh, put a serpent on a pole and raise that serpent high, and tell every Jew who looked at that serpent that he can live if he'll just look. And the little boy said, Daddy, I can understand that. Mr. Wunneberger said, that serpent is Jesus. He was lifted high on the cross, son, for you. 
him little voice that I could understand that Betty, and he trusted the Savior. Uh, several years passed. The boy and I was 14 years of age. But the one of her came home from a revival campaign and found his son very ill. He came to his bedside a few days later, and the doctor said, Your boy won't live but a few hours longer. And with this 14-year-old boy lying at the point of death, Mr. Wunderberger stood, sat beside his bed and said, Son, you're, you're going you're gonna to die unless God intervenes quickly. You're going to die. And he said, Son, that has got to know something. That has got to know something. Are you saved? Do you know you're going to heaven? And the little boy, through the tears in his eyes and through his eyes, the tears in the eyes of his dad, he looked up and he said, Daddy, remember the servant on the pole. And Brother Wunderberger said, Yes, son, I recall. I told you years ago. And the little boy said, I'm trusting the serpent on the pole. And the fatty was gone. That's what I'm trusting, too. That's the answer for this whole world. Oh, my dear, beloved neighbor, not saved. You don't know you're going to heaven. 2,000 years ago, God gave his own son, and his son went to the cross. And God raised his own son on a pole, and he said to the whole world, all the generations yet to come, look, 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 there's a way out. You don't have to go to hell, you can be saved. How do you get saved? It's God's own son raised up on a pole. And just as those people bitten by fire serpents could look at that brazen serpent on the pole and be healed from their uh, snake bite and be healed, saved from death, even so this morning, if you will realize that you've been bitten by the serpent Satan and realize that God allowed his own son to go to the cross and they lifted the cross between heaven and hell, if this morning you will look... A rich Jew could look in this age. A poor Jew could look in this age. An old Jew could look in this age. A young Jew could look in this age. A learned Jew could look in this age. Uh, an illiterate Jew could look in this age. All could look in this age. There's life for a look at the Savior. Charles Spurgeon was saved that way. Look this morning. Look. Look to Christ. Do you know you're going to heaven when you die? Then look to Christ. He is the standard. Raise high. That when the enemy can't comes in like a flood, we can lift him high and point men to him and say, He's the answer. He's the answer. Have you trusted him? Have you been born again? Do you know that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? You can. If you'll look to the serpent on the pole. And that serpent is Jesus, who knew no sin, becoming sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Won't you trust him today? Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNBBC.com for Christian music you can trust. 